man comes, will he find faith on earth? That's a haunting question. me to share my testimony today. Um, there's a lot of familiar faces out here, so I almost feel like you guys could share it better than I could. Um, so yeah, I just graduated from University of Maryland less than two weeks ago. My major was criminal justice, and I minored in global poverty. Um, it didn't start out that way. I started as an engineering major, but that's an entirely different story. So we're not going to go there. But um, So yeah, my testimony is more of a journey, I'd say. Um, it's not anything crazy. I didn't have some crazy dark side or anything to me, and then one day woke up and the Lord saved me or anything like that. Um, but I knew who Jesus was since I, don't, I couldn't tell you. Um, I don't remember a time when anyone came up to me and told me who Jesus was because I always knew who he was. Um, I was born and raised pretty much in this church. So, I mean, I was here, you name it, Wednesday nights, Wednesday night lives, or in youth. I mean, RAs with Moore Spence and Papa Dewey, um, way back in the day. Um, yeah, that was way back. All right. And so, uh, I mean, I went to like centrifuge and infuge and camps, you name it, I was here. Upward, I was here, involved in that. Um, so about three years ago, I moved up to Annapolis to go to the University of Maryland, started going there. Like I said, I graduated. And so up to I was about 19, I guess three years ago, right before I moved, um, I kind of just uh, went through the motions of being a Christian. People would ask me what I was. I'd be like, yeah, I'm, I'm Christian. I'm saved. Um, I didn't really do anything too crazy as far as sharing the gospel or like doing anything insane. I don't know. Um, just went to church, I guess, the regular did Wednesday nights, volunteer here and there. Um, and then I went to a conference that the college and career goes to every year in Atlanta called Passion. Um, and I think there's like 60,000 people there this year. It's, it's really big. They have really big speakers, stuff like that. And I really just got encouraged to kind of like act out my faith and actually do something. So after those three, four days that we spent there, I came home and I was like, you know, I really, I really just want to do something. And so I came home and I just, I thought about it. What can I do? What can I do to actually live this out? And so I was like, mission trip. I'll do an international mission trip. That'll be it. I mean, you know, it, it'll get me rolling. And so I was looking online. I went through Canvas Crusades for Christ. Their website um, offers up a bunch of different, like, summer projects you can go through. And so me kind of like to living life, kind of, I kind of like living life on the edge a little bit. Um, my mom's not a big fan of that. Uh, <laughs> So I was like, all right, I'm going to go somewhere completely out of my comfort zone, um, Africa. That is it. Um, I've never been on a plane before, um, so that was quite the flight. Um, so I was like, all right, I'll sign up for Africa. So I applied to go to Africa with 20 people I'd never met in my life from all around the U.S. Um, I got accepted, fundraised for it, um, phenomenal experience, even fundraising in itself. Um, so the day before we leave, there's training, so I had to fly to Minneapolis. So I go from Dallas to Minneapolis, spend seven hours in Minneapolis, meet my team of 20 people who I've never met before in my life, do training, um, and then fly back to Dallas because that happened to be where everyone was flying out from, and then fly the 17-hour flight to South Africa, no stops. Um, so within 36 hours, I was on a plane for 27 of them. Um, that was quite the experience. Um, so jet lag wasn't even a thing. I was so excited. Um, we got there in the morning, about 9, 10 a.m., and went straight to the orphanage from the airport. Didn't stop where we were staying. And so that was what we were doing for that month. We were working at an orphanage um, in South Africa. We worked primarily with um, the blacks in South Africa. It's very segregated. Um, 
So it was just a great experience. Um, I got there. The kids loved all over you. It was amazing. It was a Christian orphanage. Um, what they did is they shared the gospel with the kids, and they gave them educations, um, things like just helping them with grammar, English, stuff like that. There's a lot of different languages, about 12 or so different languages. I mean, you'd see five-year-olds walking around doing, like, the clicking language. It's phenomenal. I mean, it was crazy. Um, but one thing that I found that was just awesome when I went there, um, even though everything was so different and the culture was just different, food was different, I mean, you name it, there's languages I've never even heard of there. But um, the one thing that was the same was Jesus. I mean, all the kids knew who Jesus was in this orphanage, and they knew what he did for them, just like the same way I knew what Jesus did for me. Um, God loved them like he loves me, and he took care of them like he takes care of me. And so everything was the same, um, despite language barriers, um, culture, anything like that. It was all the same. It was like this message that can get across tons of languages wherever you're at, no matter the difference. And it kind of just took my heart and blew it up and gave me a passion for mission-type work. And so um, that month was just incredible. I still talk to a lot of the kids. Um, I write them letters and stuff. Some of them are like 8, 10 years old. Um, they're just awesome. And um, so that month goes by. Towards the end of the month, during the whole month, we had been staying with the... Um, owner of the orphanage at her house. She had a couple extra rooms with some bunk beds in them. So we had guys in one room, girls in another. And she tells us about two days before we're leaving, she goes, guys, I need you guys to all move out of the rooms that you're in, out of your beds, and live in the living room because we have a group of about eight to nine girls coming in, um, missionaries, and they're going to be sleeping in your beds. We just need a place for them to sleep. So we were, you know, the first thing that was on my mind was like, all right, we got some 20-year-old girls coming in here. This is going to be great. Um, <laughs> That's the way to end it. Um, so, um, now we moved out. Um, we moved into the living room, let them come in. It was very crowded. It was insane. But um, we were just so excited. And we, they were missionaries from the U.S. And we were like, all right, Americans, let's go. So we ended up talking until like 2 a.m. Um, and figured out what they were all about, what they were doing. Turns out they all came with these crazy backpacks. And we're like, what are you guys up to? You're insane. Um, and so they came in with these backpacks on, and it, this was their fifth month on a journey of 11 months. They've been living out of their backpacks and just sharing the gospel in different countries. Each month they were in a different country, and uh, they pretty much just give them everything away, and, or not everything away, but like give them everything, their lives in the U.S. for about 11 months just to go around to different countries and share the gospel and do whatever was needed of them by whoever their contact was. And I just kind of blew my mind that all these girls were doing this. It's like, that's crazy. I mean, they had stories that would just blow your mind. Uh, the month before they were with us, they were happy they had toilets when they came with us. Uh, the month before, they were in tents with bodyguards, um, and they just slept out of their backpacks. They had three or four outfits. That was it. Um, really just amazing. And uh, I, we just talked to them about 2 a.m. And the whole, it, I mean, I couldn't even fathom it. I'm like, you, you're leaving your everything for 11 months. You're missing football season. Um, I, I don't know what I'd do myself. And then they, they have to raise like $16,000 to do this. And I'm just like, that is a, that's a car. It's like, you, to have the faith to do that, it's like, I don't even know. I, don't, I was like, you were raising a car to do this. And I was like, that is insane. And so uh, the, the faith that it took for them to do that just kind of blew my mind. And so I was like, man, that, that's something I could never, ever even fathom doing. And so um, I went home the next day, um, got a job like I guess we all are supposed to do. My mom was getting on me for her. I'm ragging on my mom a lot. She didn't really get on me too much. But um, so I got a job, went back to school in the fall. Um, I had two years left at that point. And so I just did some stuff on campus like uh, human trafficking, anti-human trafficking campaigns, stuff like that. Um, 
And uh, all through that time, I just kept hearing about the world race, which is this thing the girls had been on. And I just kept hearing about it, and whether it was viral blogs that a world racer had put on the internet and I heard about it, or, I mean, someone's friend of a friend of a friend whose cousin is on it and they got malaria, or you name it, um, I kept hearing about it. And every time I heard about it, I would have to convince myself why I shouldn't do it. And I would come up with excuses why it wasn't right for me and uh, all this stuff. And eventually, after six, seven times of doing this, um, it just kept being brought up. And I was like, there's a reason why this is being brought up. And uh, if I'm convincing myself out of it, um, that's probably not a good thing. And it's probably something God's put on me to actually do. And then I'm actually convincing myself out of it. So I actually ended up applying. Um, I applied in September. Um, and I went through a rigorous application process. They did everything short of polygraph me. Um, so I actually ended up getting accepted too. Um, so I got accepted in late October. And so, yeah, it's been crazy since. Um, God has come through in a lot of ways. If there's one thing I've learned through college, through whether it's doing human trafficking campaigns and awareness, or just fundraising for my first mission trip, it's that uh, God provides when he calls you to do something. He doesn't tell you to do something and um, put, put you in his will and not provide for you to do it. He totally provides for you to do it. And so thankfully, I'm 50% funded, and $8,000 just blows my mind that people would even do that. Um, and it's just crazy. So, so far, I have two wheels um, and half a car. But yeah, it just blows my mind. And I mean, if anything, he's taught me through college, it's that. And, uh, it's just amazing. So in September, in about three months, I will be in Guatemala on my first country. And that is my testimony. That is where God has brought me so far. All right, thank you. All right, I need everyone to stand up, please. I've been sent long enough. I need to take a little survey. So when it doesn't apply to you, you may sit down, but at this point, stay until, until I guide you otherwise. I need you to stay standing if you got something for Christmas last year. I was gonna be really sad if someone had sat down. <laughs> I was stressed in first service and it was, everyone was up, so I feel confident about this one. All right, stay standing if there was something under the Christmas tree that you couldn't wait to open. Now, if you didn't care, just sit down. Thank you, Dave. If you didn't really care, you weren't all anticipating something. All right, sit down if there was something that you didn't like that you got for Christmas. But don't look at family members as you sit. <laughs> all right, we still have the room up. Uh, stay standing if you got something for Christmas that has wheels. One, two, three, four, eighteen. All right, let's still have some people up. Stay standing if you got something that you stand on with wheels. I'm sweating this out. Stay standing if you are over the age of 40. All right, Miss Miss Benton doesn't count over here in the sound guys. <laughs> but I won. I'm the only one standing because for Christmas I got my very own skateboard. Yeah. 
This is my skateboard. If you notice, it is designed to sit very low to the ground, very wide wheelbase with big wheels. I haven't fallen yet, and I won't fall very far if I fall, right, Karen? But I am the only one in the entire world, out of how many billions of people in the world? The only one named Randall Wayne Stacks, born October 23rd, that got a skateboard for Christmas. No one else can say that, am I right? I want to share this morning about how amazing the love of God is. That it is not just, you know, I love the world, I'm going to send my son down the cross for the world. It is about you, the individual. His love is so specific, down to each and every person that's on this earth, that has ever lived, that ever will live. Um, just talking about this specificness, is that a word? I'm going to put it on my Randy's dictionary. I'm going to put some print with that one of these days. But as I was preparing, I went to Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, which is one of my favorite uh, passages. And if you will please turn there with me, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. But just blown away that God loves me. God loves you um, as an individual. So Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. And so, okay, yes, I trust the Lord. Um, do you? I think if we did a show of hands, everyone in the room trusts God at some point, because you wouldn't be here if you didn't, or maybe you're curious. Uh, yes, I trust him with all my heart. I trusted him enough to accept him as my Lord and Savior. So, yeah, I've got trust in him um, and who he is. And then lean on your own understanding. Now, wait a minute. Now it's getting a little more detailed out um, that, you know, I'm a pretty smart guy. I can figure things out. Uh, made a few million mistakes in my life, but, but there's some things in life that I can figure out that if I need God, I know he's there and, and I can call out to him. And I used to think that I had things handled a lot um, back when I was younger. Um, now, of course, living life and, and realizing how much more we need from God is a whole different story. But I remember thinking, you know what, God's got so much going on. Speaking of individuals, there are millions of people that have a lot bigger problems than I do. And so he can deal with that, and I'll take care of mine, and I'll just call out when I need, when I need some help. And can I say what a blessing it is to help, to help Marion per year? Uh, we have a set of, a team of men that go over and help, and ladies. Um, and every time I leave, they're thinking, I've got nothing on her. I mean, my life is pretty easy compared to what Marion has to go through. But... Then I realized that that truly is not leaning on God. That's leaning on my own understanding, which is going to epically fail us. And having experienced a little bit more life and a lot more of God, I know what this truly means to lean not on your own understandings, but truly lean on God for everything. And it is so much wiser, and, and knowing that, that my mind is going to fail, even though I'm feeling confident, um, that is not where God wants us to be. He wants us leaning on him. 
So in all your ways acknowledge him. You see, not only should we trust God and lean on him and fall in love with him, and that's my inserted little grad motivational speech, grads, to, to trust on, lean on, and fall in love with God more. But I want us to understand today how much God loves us and how important we are to him on a very specific and personal level. And this relationship with God is personal. It is a one-on-one personal relationship with God. Uh, He truly loves us. And he loves us a lot. And, And we could stop right there. Just to simply say out loud that Jesus loves you. That God loves you more than we can ever understand. And not only did did he love us, but he showed this love by dying on the cross. Do you realize that if you were the only person on earth, your sin alone would keep you from a relationship with God? Your sin alone would keep you from eternity in heaven with, with God through Jesus Christ. It is through him, through Christ, that we are saved. Do you realize if you were the only person that ever was created on this earth, that Jesus still would have come to die on the cross for you because that is truly the only way to get to heaven and the only way to spend eternity with him and to enter into a relationship with God the Father. And to know that specifically continues to blow my mind of how truly deeply God is in love with me and with you. And he created us. Psalm 139 talks about being formed For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. doesn't say we are fearfully and wonderfully made as a human race. It is that I am. God created me. He thought of me when it was time for creation. That I would be standing up here in front of all of you, sharing what he has done in my life, and realizing that... I've got some plans for this guy. And he has, he has that for all of us, all of you. And he created us for a reason. Better yet, multiple reasons. First and foremost is to worship and glorify him in all that we do. That should be our first reason for being created. But there are so many other things that we have different qualities in our life that are different from others. Our talents, our personality, and gifts, and he wants us to use all of that to continue to reach out and minister to others, to further his kingdom because of who he has created us to be. And God created us all different so that we could work together as a team to accomplish his work. Romans 12 talks about being all members of a body, just like our our body parts need to work together in unison to allow us to function and to to do things as, as a body, we as a church seem to continue to realize the gifts and talents and, and personality of everyone within the church to continue to further his kingdom and continue to work together. So we've got a pretty cool situation here, that God loves us, that he created us, and that he has a purpose for our life. And he has specific and amazing plans for you that no one else has. We already proved that there's individuality here, that we could all stand up and claim something that no one else in this room has ever experienced or accomplished or or done, or who they are. 
And in my life, I got to start off in Manuel Wells, Texas. That's where I was born. Um, and a few years later, moved to Bakersfield, California. And when I lived there, accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior at six years old. And I will tell you the name of the church because it is pertinent to the later on in the story. But the church was Steinroth Baptist Church in Bakersfield. Moved to Lompoc, California, about third grade, and grew up there through high school. Graduated from Lompoc High School. Went on to Fresno State for one year. Was in the marching band, bass drum. Very proud. Um, and the end of that year, I realized that God was calling me into the ministry. I realized it before, but I, that's when I finally surrendered my call into ministry. So I transferred to California Baptist University. Um, started off as a music major, switched to religion, uh, knowing that God called me into the ministry on some level, into the local church. And my first intern position, I was 19 years old at a small church in Artesia, California. Um, had to get a car, and can I tell you that God's plans for us sometimes have bonuses? It was a 1970 Volkswagen Bug. Lowered, brand new interior, chrome rims. In fact, I honestly have a picture of it in my office still. I love that car. Um, during that time also, as I was finishing up college, met the love of my life. And after, the, after college that summer, I started my first full-time church position as a music and youth minister. And soon after that, got married to that beautiful love of my life, Carolyn. Uh, started seminary, was blessed with our first son, Tyler, who was up here graduating. I, I'm definitely not that old. If I can ride a skateboard, I should not have a kid that's graduating from high school. <laughs> uh, ended up back, now here's the cool part, ended up back at Steinroth Baptist Church in Bakersfield as their youth pastor. So cool circle. Um, that God brings us through. Uh, also was blessed with Ryan and Cameron during that time. Uh, we were at Steinroth for seven years, and then God said that it was time to leave. Uh, and we ended up here and have been here almost 10 years now. Um, and can I say it's pretty cool that no one else has experienced all of that in their life. Um, God truly had specific plans just for me. And he has specific plans just for you. Amazing plans that will blow your mind. Graduates, you have no idea where God's going to have you end up in 10, 20 years from now. You're going to look back and, and, and honestly say, wow. Um, as long as you stay faithful and continue to seek him in everything. Jeremiah 29 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. These plans, like I shared, are for each of us. Do you realize how many plans there are in this room? How many blueprints God has for this room? Uh, to realize how many people that this room represents, people that God uses us to reach out, to share his love, to reach out to impact our community, our workplace, our neighborhoods. I mean, this is unbelievable the plans that are here in this room. And we need to continue to be aware of what, of what God has for us to do and stay faithful to him. And none of us are the same. We could, all, we could all load up and go to Chipotle for lunch, 
and it'll be rare for any of us to order the exact same thing, okay? And ask me about a quesarito after church. It's a hidden item on Chipotle menu. But we have different personalities. We have different gifts. And I finally realized why there is no parenting handbook that is perfect for your child. You know why? There's too many personality differences. Too many variations of, mother, of mom and dad personalities. You throw children in. There's no way. There's no perfect. There's some broad things to, to, to follow. But there is no specific handbook for your child. Because God has created each of us totally different. And that is amazing. And so God loves us. God has created us. He has created us for a purpose uh, to continue to glorify him and to serve him in all that we do so that we can reach and minister to all sorts of people. No matter where God leads us, he wants us there to share his love. No matter where you end up living, he wants us there to share his love. No matter who you marry or not, how many kids you have or not, what career you end up with, God has you there for a specific reason, and one of those is to share his love. God has already planned all of that out, and we just need to continue to stay faithful and to seek him and to trust him, acknowledging all of our ways to him and not according to our thoughts. So acknowledge him in all of these things, and he will continue to direct, undergird, and use you in amazing and glorious ways. Graduates, there are some major plans left to accomplish in your life. Some of them will blow your mind, but think on these things. Trust God, lean on him, know that as your life unfolds, God is already there, ready to mold you, sometimes through difficult situations, to get you on a path that glorifies him. Look for ways to minister to others, to show the love of God to someone that no one else can reach because God has already set you up with who you are to specifically reach another individual for him. So continue to seek God in everything that, that you do, that we do, and continue to be amazed and just blown away by the plans that God has for you. And sometimes it seems like you're not in the right place, but I promise you that you are. And he works through all of our mistakes, all of our sins, and just know that he has amazing plans and that continue to seek him. And this is for all of us. I don't care if you're 110 in this room right now. You're not done, and God's not done with you. We have an amazing journey ahead of us, some amazing plans, and just hold on to the fact that God truly, deeply loves you. And it is so obvious in this love letter of scripture that we have. Please, as we close up, just think on these things and be challenged uh, to continue to seek those in your life, in your world, in your specific world, uh, that truly need to hear about the love of Christ and look for opportunities uh, to be able to share that with others. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time. Father, I thank you for the testimonies of our students there, and there are so many more that we could share what you are truly doing in our life. I thank you for us as a church that we continue to encourage one another and build each other up. Father, as we glorify you, that we leave this place and continue to be your light in everything that we do. Father, I pray for our graduates. 
as they go off on this new chapter of life, that they will hold on to your truths, that they will always remember how truly deeply you love them, and that you will continue to reveal these plans and your will for their life, and that they will stay faithful to all that you are. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's stand together. And uh, turn, please, to number 495 if you're uh, following along in your hymnal. And praise God that Jesus loves even you.